Welcome to the Advancing Your Career in Academia podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Loren M. Hill, a coach and a licensed clinical psychologist in Los Angeles, California. I'll be sharing over 25 years of tips, tools, and advice on advancing your career in academia. For more information, visit our website at theacclivity.com. Hello, and welcome to the Academic Career Podcast. I'm Dr. Loren M. Hill, your host. And today with me, I have um, a good friend and colleague, Dr. Gregory Canelis. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Canelis. Thank you for having me. So today with Dr. Canelis, we're going to be asking him about his career path in academia. Um, He is a scholar, a practitioner, he's a psychologist, he has several areas of expertise. Um, He's huge on social media. And uh, I just <laughs> I just love the way he has been able to weave together aspects of um, academia and clinical practice and couples therapy. And so uh, if you could just tell us, Dr. Canelis, how did you get started in academia? Ooh, let's see, it's been a while. So <laughs> let's go, let's go back. Um, so as an undergrad, I did a research internship at UC San Diego, um, primarily for minority students who were interested in pursuing doctorates and master's degrees. And that kind of, I guess, started my interest in teaching um, and research. And so after finishing that my junior year, um, I went back to UC Santa Cruz, which was my home school, and um, applied for graduate programs, got accepted into a few ended up at a professional school because I wanted to be a practitioner. And I talked to somebody who was at the, at, well, not at the time, but he had been a former APA president. And was like, well, if you wanna do that, you should consider a professional school, which I thought was kind of interesting because he was a, a real researcher and academician. So I went to um, CSPP, finished that. Um, again, they primarily trained people to be be clinicians, work in community mental health, et cetera. But then like the teaching aspect, had done that as an undergrad, did one course under um, supervision by a professor, liked it. Um, I guess I've always been a teacher, just not really formally. <laughs> and I've probably always been a therapist as well. Um, and so then ended up teaching part-time um, in addition to like clinical and administrative stuff. So I always held like an administrative clinical position during the day and then did like teaching in the the evening. Um, And then maybe about, I guess 2013, I transitioned to full-time teaching, which is how I met you at the Chicago School in downtown Los Angeles and um, continued to do teaching, research, presentations, uh, founded about two years ago, Soul to Soul Global. And we do couples workshops, retreats, Um, And then we're doing something called Vision Board Workshop, which I know you'll be at this weekend, um, which is open to everybody. So that's kind of my path um, in academia. 
So some similarities uh, between your path in academia and mine is that I also began what I like to think now is my career in academia um, as a TA, right? So I had a mentor who, when I was in grad school, said, Loren, I think you'd be great at this. I was a bit reluctant because I was doing my advanced studies. And with her urging and support, I did go on to uh, become a TA and found that I really liked it and found Mm -hmm. that in many ways, like you, I was sort of a natural at uh, teaching and facilitating. And so Mm -hmm. I'm wondering, uh, was there any um, mentorship that went on? I know you spoke Mm -hmm. about your professor who gave you guidance and who was uh, the former head of the American Psychological Association. Um, Mm -hmm. But did did you have any specific mentors or coaches? Yeah, absolutely. I still do. So (laughs) (laughs) above being coached. Um, Now in the business aspect, I have great coaches who guide me along the way who run like multi-million dollar businesses, but I've also had them in academia. And so when I started Chicago school, even though I had been teaching for, I would say probably at least 10, 12 years, they have a new, um, they have a program for new faculty. I signed up and I got um, Dr. Patricia Arredondo. I left up and got Dr. Patricia Arredondo, who was the president of the Chicago campus of the Chicago School. Chicago School, for folks that don't know, has many campuses. And she was wonderful. So I see her when she would come in and fly into LA for meetings and stuff. And we'd have our sessions and I'd see her um, at conferences and stuff for that first year. And Dr. Arredondo has written books. She's done videos for the APA. She's done, I mean, she's held academic positions. She now holds her own, has her own consulting firm. But she was the, like the perfect match. Like I was, there's always like serendipity in my life of, I love it. Sometimes I feel like things are not going as they should, but then it's like, (laughs) they are. God connects you with the right people. So she was absolutely wonderful. Um, That was, I think, the most formal mentorship relationship that I've had, but I always had like informal ones with professors I was going through um, graduate school and even beyond that who still provide like advice and and guidance, um, even though I'm well into well into this. Well, this is so serendipitous, and I'm smiling from ear to ear for those of us who can't, those of you who can't see us, because Uh I did not know that Dr. Patricia Arredondo was your um, mentor at the Uh Chicago School. She's actually my mentor as well. Oh, wow. She's a guest of this podcast recently. Um, (laughs) You didn't even know that. And I didn't know that there was that connection there either. So when I think about um, Dr. Arredondo and our paths crossing her path and her being Uh so open and giving, Mm -hmm. she's very seasoned um, but very understated. Uh, people mm-hmm. who d- don't don't know her don't know all of her accolades. And so, what would you say some of the benefits are of reaching out to someone who has a stature that seem that is seemingly unattainable? Like, mm-hmm. what would you do? We we were able to do that through a formal mentorship program. Mm-hmm. Uh, but have you had any experience of doing something like that outside of a formal relationship? Um, 
Yes. So in academia and in business, like I actually was thinking about this this morning. I, I kind of pushed my way into places that I probably wouldn't be invited to. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah. that, that's, that comes with stuff. Like I was thinking about this this morning. Um, I, I won't give the company's name, but the company um, put out this call for people who were people who lease office space with them. And um, we're like, we're doing this workshop. It's like several weeks. It's about scaling up your business, blah, blah, blah. I applied and I got accepted. I got connected to another mentor who was hired in the company. And our first Zoom session, she was like, well, tell me how long you've been with the company. I was like, well, the truth is I'm really not. This <laughs> guy <laughs> applied and they accepted me and here I am. And she was like, okay. And just dismissed it and went on about her business. But it really isn't the room that I was supposed to be in. So um, I think sometimes you have to push your way through, especially for people of color. We don't really have um, this institutionalized for us. Right. Other cultures do. And you right. just kind of make your way because they push their way through. It's the same kind of thing. But it's Absolutely. Like- and so I, I'm <laughs> thinking about this concept of um, being in place and space that we wouldn't necessarily think about being, right? And there are times in which there may be someone who can invite us into those spaces. And then there's Mm -hmm. other times where we have to sort of be emboldened Mm -hmm. uh, to go into those spaces. And Mm -hmm. so it's been my experience that there's times though when I, I don't really know how to navigate that system. And I think that a coach has helped me sort of strategize that. Absolutely. Um, so that that's been your experience as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I've ha- I've had both. I've had experiences where I pushed my way through the doors, and I have have experiences where I've had people coach me on how to do that. And even like the relationship that I have, where I pushed my way through the door, she's coaching me. She's my business mentor. Um, I say, should I do this? And she says no. Or I say, should I do this? And she says yes. Um, people, but you have to learn how to be coachable. I think for a lot of people of color, we don't understand that concept either. And um, in order to get into certain rooms where people are going to assist you, you have to have that. So it's always, I think, a good idea to have that if you don't know how to do it, to seek out a coach like yourself. I mean, that's what you're doing. Um, Seek out people who can guide you through that if you don't come from that background. And even if you do, I think you can benefit from somebody who who has experience navigating the, the landscape. Yes. So this is really, really fascinating, Dr. Cornelius. I think that for me, there were times where I, I did feel like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm so happy to be able to knock on this door and mm-hmm. be able to them let me in. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, then mm-hmm. there's times where I felt like I had to, <laughs> they were ignoring the knock on the door. So I had to go to the window and mm-hmm. tap on it and say, I'm not going anywhere. I'm still going to come in here one way yeah. or another. And so to be able to fall back on a, a, support system, whether that's a coach or a mentor or a peer who could kind of say, yes, you can do it. You can do it. You should do it. Right. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. For some reason when you said that, Aretha Franklin popped in my head. I'm going to rap on your door, tap on your <laughs> door, pain. <laughs> Basically, whatever you need to do to get in the room. So yes, yes I think you can be helped by people who know how to finesse that. So I think I'm able to do that now because I've had coaches before 
And I've also had a lot of experience in teaching in academia and have the confidence to do that. I know that I've, I've, I think sent a couple of people to you that you worked with that you've helped to build their confidence because they don't have the confidence to do the things that we're talking about. They wouldn't rap on a door or tap on a window pane. And yes. people who are coaches is to get to that place where you feel comfortable and, and identify your strengths and your weaknesses so that you can approach people and it be effective. So that's really great. And I, I appreciate the feedback um, from the students that you referred to me and, and mm -hmm. knowing that helping them in the area of confidence mm -hmm. uh, was instrumental because I think that oftentimes what happens is we have people that we're coaching or mentoring and they have all of the credentials. You can look at their CV or you could look mm -hmm. at their resume or you could even mm -hmm. talk to them and say, mm -hmm. wow, you've really accomplished a lot, but there's that confidence building um, mm -hmm. that comes into play, particularly with coaches. Because if we think about coaches in the in the area of athletics, right? Mm -hmm. The coach is the one who puts the strategy together and is like, and you can go do it, right? Mm -hmm. Then mm -hmm. when we think about coaches outside of that arena, we're like, uh, I don't think I need a coach or I can do this on my own or I just don't need to do it or I won't do it. Right. So I think right. talent is often untapped um, mm -hmm. because people can't really make the the shift the paradigm shift of oh the coaching principles can apply in other areas of our lives absolutely absolutely so you gave an example i think of people who have the the cv um and they just need a little bit of help with it but i've had students who i've sent to you who give me feedback after who didn't know how to even put together a cv to highlight things that were important for them to include like I've had people who haven't maybe had like teaching experience um, in the formal sense where they've taught a class at the university but they have teaching experience as a teacher um, of high school or uh, middle-aged students and the principles are the same that the skills are transferable but they don't even identify that they've done like um, in-service trainings in the mental health clinics where they work. And they're like, I can put that on a, a CV? I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, you are. It doesn't so hold right. the same weight as an academic conference, but it is a teaching, um, it is a teaching experience that people want to know about. Absolutely. So ha having conversations with um, coaches like yourself to bring that stuff to people's attention because lots of people don't know that they can do that. You're right. You're right. Other things they they don't happen. understand the transferable skill sets or how to package exactly. it. Right. And exactly. so thinking about opportunities and engagement and transferable skill sets. And I, I was always impressed uh, when we were at, at the university at how much of an uh, effort, although you made it seem effortless, with community mm -hmm. engagement and getting students mm -hmm. to um, participate in leadership and um, mm -hmm. scholarship. And you even uh, won several grants and awards mm -hmm. and, and accolades. And I was mm -hmm. proud to have you as part of our department um, mm -hmm. to really elevate that part of us. And so uh, when you talk about the confidence building 
And I, I like to think of you in that role when you were working with students as really sort of mentorship, um, mm-hmm. going, traveling with them, doing posters, uh, doing lectures, in-service trainings. Mm-hmm. How do you uh, how do you feel about people having a coach and a mentor? Uh, you need both. <laughs> <laughs> I told you at the opening, I think I, told you, I have many. So I still have like four business mentors now. There's um, one a multi fifty dollar million fifty million dollar organization. One is a marketing expert. Actually, two are marketing experts. One is run a company, a national company. Like I, I have many, and I still have people in academia that I, I turn to if I have questions about academia. You, I don't think you can have en- enough coaches. I mean, it's pretty, it's great. I'm and and as someone who who advocates for that, I'm so glad to hear it. And I also think it's important to underscore what you said about people being in different um, sort of discipline or industry, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. while you could have multiple team members, if you will, mm-hmm. you want to be really strategic about who is coaching you about what, right? So in the area of, you know, we, we come from the world of academia, the discipline of academia, the industry of academia. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say to a potential adjunct professor or someone who is looking to promote and rank, um, what would be the benefits of investing resources in hiring a coach? Um, I think the coach will help you to see things that you don't see. So I have worked with people, as I'm sure you have on promotion packages. I know you have done that. Because um, you were very good about doing that when you were part of the chair, um, but really, a lot of times people don't see the things that we have seen, the things that are transferable, the things that they've done. They're like, oh, I don't think I should put that on there. I mean, there are people when when I started pulling people onto the team because a lot of people that I had they were not used to doing this kind of stuff. They just it wasn't encouraged by the institutions where um, I've worked or you've worked. Um, I'd pull people onto it. It was really like, well, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if, I don't know. Uh, or even questions about like, I didn't know that you could make, do presentations that were not research-based, that were clinically based. And there are people like, oh, I'm not going to apply for them. Like, are you kidding? Like, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm getting accepted all the time. Like, we don't go work. So they, we can do case studies and, and they get accepted. It doesn't have to be that you have a data set because that takes forever to do. So it's really thinking outside the box and I think a coach can help you do that to think outside the box in terms of how to maximize the things that you do so that it looks impressive on paper if you're going to apply for adjunct or you're going to move up in rank. Great, great. And I also know that you had a very prestigious appointment to um, an American Psychological Association task force. And know that uh, you were instrumental in bringing community members together, clinicians, Mm -hmm. um, people who were receiving services. It was really a holistic approach. Um, Tell us a bit about that. Uh, I know that that's something very exciting, and I I was happy to hear that that happened for you and even Mm -hmm. a small part of supporting you. Thank you. Yeah, you're very supportive with uh, regards to that. 
um, at hosting the community uh, meeting, the community forum that we have with people, like you said, who were drawn from the community. Some of them are academicians, some of them are students, some of them were um, business owners, but people of color, uh, many of them who identify or as LGBT or allies, who I wanted to have some say in the new guidelines that the APA was going to uh, put together for working with LGBT um, clients. I'm caught, I think it's a step because you changed the title and I think it's now sexual minority persons is the title of the document. Um, but yeah, that, that was something that I found on my own, um, but have been mentored by people who are the chairs of that um, again, because they, they're incredible researchers. And I come from more of a community mental health background and have learned so much from even working on those committees. So it's getting on, it's identifying those opportunities. I become better at doing that by myself. But when you're new to the game, I think having a coach who can guide you towards opportunities, again, especially for people of color, you don't know what this looks like. I'm, I'm gonna be completely honest. We have no clue. If you don't come from a family, that is a professional family or moved up the ranks in academia, you really don't know where to start. And so having a coach and investing in that is extremely important if you want to do academia, whether it's part-time, whether it's full-time, I think having somebody that can guide you through that and making that investment of time and money is extremely important. Well, you have really, I think, hit on some very salient points. Um, as you mentioned, the space of academia uh, looks a particular way and oftentimes it looks a way that is not very inclusive. And mm -hmm. if you are able to break into that space, it can be very isolating because you may mm -hmm. be the only one or you may be the only one who is in your um, sub-discipline and are very mm -hmm. specialized. And so mm -hmm. finding a, a support team can be difficult. And sometimes based on the politics of the university, you probably don't want to talk to anybody there or you may mm -hmm. just be trying to figure out the landscape, but there are some overarching things that are similar, similar, no matter which institution you're at, right? So getting the position, keeping the position, mm -hmm. um, promoting, um, finding opportunities for advancements, how to engage, how to navigate the sharp corners of academia, how to find allies, how to, um, you know, get yourself out there outside of the university, because many times what happens is the university will run you ragged, put you on every diversity committee, have you teach in every diversity course, and mm -hmm. every you know student who is a minority sees you, and then they want to they want to be with you, and you want to be mm -hmm. with them, and then mm -hmm. you find yourself just taxed and tapped out. And so yeah. having some support outside of the university, making your name outside of the university in your industry in your community is something mm -hmm. that you have done very well. And I think that you were able to sort of pivot um, to when you moved out of academia in a sense to, to grow your start and grow your own business and, mm -hmm. and keep a, you know, keep sort of a finger in, in academia because you have adjunct positions, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so 
Um, as we get ready to come to the last few minutes, can you talk to us about how you did that pivot and why you decided to remain connected to academia? So I feel like the business was founded because I've had so much experience with working with children, adolescents, and families and couples, and particularly the LGBT population. Um, there's just like a need for this. Like relationships are the foundation of, good relationships are the foundation of everything. Whether it's business or uh, your own personal relationship, family, et cetera. And there's so many problems, you know this as a clinician, that so many problems stem from family of origin stuff. It just is not addressed. And people pass down the same generational stuff from generation to generation, including people of color. We've, got, we've gotten better in the last year, I think, about seeking help just because the pandemic just kind of was like stressful for everybody. And I know I noticed that more Black and Latinx people run to therapy, thank goodness, because we need it as well. But it really is the addressing the need and doing and not being able to do that in academia. So keeping my foot, like you said, in academia, because I think that that's the world that I come from. It drives, it drives this, the work that I do because it's based in theory and practice. Um, and so I probably always be connected to academia, but it's just, I think a pivot, the pivot is about um, wanting to do more in terms of mental health and impacting families that I just can't do as just somebody who does research and teaching. And there's a teaching component to it. So I get to do that, which I love. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and so as part of uh, my coaching practice, as you know, I assist people who are pivoting and transitioning out of academia mm -hmm. into industry. And mm -hmm. I, I think there are many benefits uh, to remaining uh, connected in some way, because as you said, what we do is based on science and research. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. Being engaged in that way, and also being able to engage with the the new blood of the industry is something mm -hmm. that I and you really um, gravitate to. Mm -hmm. So I want to thank you so much for being um, a guest today on the podcast. How can exactly. people get in touch with you? So our website is Soul to Soul Global. Um, soul, S-O-U-L, number two, S-O-U-L, global.com. Um, you can reach me by, via email, doc, D-O-C, at soul to soul global.com. We're on Instagram and Facebook, soul to soul global, or soul to soul global nine, the number nine. Um, Twitter, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff, all that wonderful stuff. And reach out if you have questions or comments, and especially if you'd like to come to the workshop this weekend. Yes, absolutely. We will have your links um, to all of your social media and your website. And if you're not able to make this, um, this um, vision board training workshop, it's okay. Do not worry because Dr. Camilus puts these on um, a couple times a year. He also mm -hmm. has couples retreats. And so you will be able to reach out and touch him. And hopefully one day soon, you'll be able to uh, attend one of his workshops and get to know him a little better. So thank you again Absolutely. for thank being you. Today on the Academic Career Coach Podcast. Once again, I'm Dr. Loren M. Hill, and we would like for you to like and subscribe and share this information 
for those of you who are interested in academia or even thinking about it or needing some support in that area, please reach out to us soon. I hope you enjoyed today's session. Thank you for listening. And if you're looking to advance your career in academia and you'd like to talk, please schedule a call on my calendar. It's a no obligation call and we'll have a quick chat and I'll see if I can help you out and answer any questions you might have. Continue to connect with me by going to theacclivity.com and on Facebook and LinkedIn. Be sure to subscribe to the Advancing Your Career in Academia podcast and you'll be instantly notified when the new podcasts are available. Don't forget to like us. Music.